the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Abraham Lincoln warned that the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. Would you like to know what's being taught in today's classrooms? Welcome to Say What? with attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Roska Jr. They'll explore the issues facing children, parents, and society as a result of the public schools and the forces behind them. Say What? is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr., unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. Hello everyone, I'm George Roska. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 72 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the infiltration of our public schools by a worldview centered around wokeism. That's right, George. You know, by now, I think we can safely assume that most, if not all, of our listeners are at least familiar with this term. But what does it really mean, and why is it important to understand? Well, to answer these questions, we owe a debt of gratitude to Noelle Maring, who uh, recently published her book, Awake, Not Woke, uh, which we highly recommend if our uh, listeners want to understand this whole indoctrination effort in our public schools around wokeism. But George, probably the place to understand is to de- to provide some definitions. Yep. What does woke actually stand for? And I'm going to quote from our wonderful author from her book. Here's what she writes. The term woke refers to the state of being alert and attuned to the layers of pervasive oppression in society. It is fundamentally an ideology of rupture. Each of us is the ruler of his own constitutive reality, distrustful but needy, fragile but hot-tempered. Boy, haven't we seen that? Yes. It is a revolution, she writes, which elevates will over reason, the group over the person, and human power over higher authority. Three woke dogmas, George, kind of like an unholy trinity, Mm -hmm. sort of like the triple threat that we talk about so often in POK, sex and gender theory, critical race theory, and social and emotional learning. They always seem to come in threes. So we thought it would be helpful to talk about each one of these woke dogmas, starting with uh, dogma number one, will over reason, or will over nature, or the law of nature. And uh, Noelle Maring uh, provides a story to kind of help make the point. And uh, I had not heard this before, which was somewhat shocking to me. But it comes from Azusa Pacific University, which is a Christian university ostensibly not too far from us. But in the fall of 2018, she writes, campus division was fomenting at APU, an evangelical Christian university, 
over a ban on same-sex relationships among faculty and students. So that obviously was one of their university policies. At a protest, students wore slogans and carried signs saying, you can be queer and Christian, and God is non-binary, among other things. Well, at an emotionally charged gathering, one student leading the group addressed the Almighty directly, she writes, proclaiming, this isn't something sinful, God, excuse me, this is something beautiful. I pray that we continue to live out the mission of being difference makers, God, that this would be a place of equality, God. Can you imagine someone addressing God in, in this regard? What nerve. Well, Marion writes, in order to disobey God, we must first diminish him. In ensuring God revolves around us, we conceive of him as being what he is not. And in that void, we make God's of ourselves. And that's really at the heart yeah. of what wokeism is all mm-hmm. about. Um, it's the will's triumph over reason, over nature, even over God. What we desire becomes right by the sheer fact of our desiring it. Mm-hmm. And haven't we seen this being played out on school campuses across the nation? Whatever I feel is what is right, and whether it regards my sexual identity, uh, my gender identity, um, in fact, she writes, giving into self is not only a human right in wokeism, but a virtue. In this framework, there is no objective limiting principle to rule us, just the raw, raging will. That's exactly true, Mark. There, there is no limits. Um, we see this over and over again. In fact, even in the way that uh, you know, Planned Parenthood has redefined sexuality, in the sexual rights as human rights. So they're trying to develop a whole new framework um, and legal system. Yeah, and talking about the legal system, you know, this reminded me of Planned Parenthood versus Casey uh, that goes way back to 1992. And even though the term woke was not popular during that time, it was the same kind of reasoning, George. Mm-hmm. We make gods of ourselves. We define what what meaning is, what existence is. In fact, a quote from the opinion of that court said that at the heart of liberty is the right to define one's own concept of existence, of meaning, of the universe, and of the mystery of human life. And that language was used to justify the killing of unborn children in the womb. So for the woke, Marion writes, the pursuit of moral virtue is not only naive, It's harmful. The denial of our pleasure is by definition a type of repression that puts us on the path of pursuing what Herbert Marcuse called the performance principle or the reality principle. True freedom for Herbert Marcuse, of course, who comes from the Frankfurt School that was Mm -hmm. brought to this country by uh, the the progressive John Dewey at Columbia University – For Marcuse, this required a return to the value system that reignited our desires, especially sexual desire, and liberated us to pursue them, freed from taboo, social mores, and shame. And in fact, you look at history, and every time somebody wants to be free from from something, from God, from a moral code, it's always because of their sexual proclivities. Yeah, that's right. 
That's right. So in her book, Awake, Not Awoke, um, Marion defines woke dogma number one as will over reason or nature or the law of nature. So what about woke dogma number two? Well, this, she says, is the idea that the group is always more important than the individual, where the group is identified according to their ideological identity, right? You, mm-hmm. You've got to be, you've got to be part of a, an, an ideology, which flies in the face of one of our founding principles, George. In fact, Dennis Prager um, likes to say, if you want a summary of American values, just pull out a coin. They're still inscribed there. In God we trust, liberty, and then this Latin expression, e pluribus unum, which means out of many, one. Well, wokeism completely denies that, that ethic. Wokeism takes us back to tribalism. What's at the root of people's willingness to accept these destructive distinctions? Marion writes, tribalism prompts members to look outward. Membership is not based on love, Mm -hmm. but on grievance. So all these tribal communities are formed under wokeism, but they're all based on the same thing. How oppressed are you? What grievance argument can you, can you make against society at large? And how can we um, remedy that grievance? She writes, but while sharing in group membership is necessary, that's not sufficient in and of itself. What is demanded is to share the ideology as well. It's the ideology, not the individual, that has to flourish. And there are some examples that we can point to. It's why black conservatives, men like Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, economist Thomas Sowell, and the civil rights activist Robert Woodson are not considered representative of the black community. As Nicole Hannah-Jones has written, it is different to be racially black than politically black. Say what? Yeah. (laughs) And if you want to be part of the club, you need to be politically black. So because she's black, this isn't a racist statement. <laughs> uh, you can draw your own yeah. opinions. Marion writes, while diversity is the stated goal, uniformity and power are the actual goals. You are only important insofar as you further that agenda. And she gives another example. Apparently there was a, um, there's a woman's march every year, and this one was back in 2017. And interestingly enough, some pro-life feminist groups wanted to march um, in that event, but they were told they could not affiliate with or have any official status with the organized march. Why? Because they didn't embrace the core of their womanhood as oppressed and having the option of being delivered from their oppression by killing their own unborn children. So, George, they were sort of disinvited. Yeah, And of course, God himself and his moral law are the ultimate oppressors in woke ideology. And we, we see some historical analogs to this, specifically in communism. Um, in the Chinese Communist Party, as one example, they, they used to highlight the class structure of villagers with color-coded strips of cloth. So, for example, if you were a landlord, you would have to wear a white strip. If you were a middle peasant, you would wear yellow. If you were a poor peasant, you would wear a red strip. And this served to help the populace see one another primarily as a totem for his group identity, and just as importantly, identify which individuals deserved retribution for their class 
background. So under Chinese communism, they were trying to vilify landlords, right? Mm-hmm. They were property holders, yep. and we can't have that. So we're going to label you with this white strip so people know who the enemy is. Well, George, in 2019, according to Maring, uh, white male employees at Sandia Nuclear Lab, okay, so this is one of our foremost nuclear research facilities in the country, if not the most foremost. Well, they were sent to a mandatory three-day re-education workshop entitled White Men's Caucus on Eliminating Racism, Sexism, and Homophobia in Organizations. And over the course of the workshop, they were trained to understand that what they consider positive attributes, such as, quote, striving for success, hard work, and a can-do attitude, are actually rooted in oppressive white male culture and are devastating to women and people of color. In fact, one trainer, George, a guy named Marcus Moore, taught the group that concepts such as, quote, work before play, plan for the future, and adherence, excuse me, to rigid time schedules were examples of white norms. Say what? (laughs) You can't make this stuff up. Yeah. Yeah, this is how uh, far the lunacy goes, because if you do not embrace the group agenda, you're going to be deplatformed. You will. And um, Marion quotes another author that we have great affection for at Protect Our Kids. Her name is Mary Eberstadt, and she wrote a book called Primal Screams who posits that the reason we have become so tribally obsessed with oppressed group identities is directly related to the fracturing of the family and as a consequence of the sexual revolution. In losing the family, Everstat writes, we have lost our very selves and are left to desperately grasp at any identity on offer to us, contrived or otherwise. Tribalism prompts members again to look outward. Membership is not based on love, but based on grievance. So we see this I'm I'm oppressed. I'm grieved. It, it it's everywhere. That's very interesting, Mark. I, I've never made that correlation. The one correlation that I've always seen in looking at my my work, as you know, our, our corporate America goes more and more woke, is um, this. I've been seeing in millennials and then in Gen Zs, which are less and less you know religious. They don't believe in anything. They are actually wanting the corporation to become their church. They want to be able to tithe to a, a, a foundation of a nonprofit organization. They want to be able to go somewhere and do, you know, beach cleanups or, you know, food kitchens or something like that. And I'm like, well, I, I do that, but I don't need, you know, my company to do that for me or me to do that through my company. I, I already do that through my my church. And more and more I'm seeing that millennials and Gen Zs have a, a hole that they're trying to fill, yeah. that past generations have filled with the church. And here, looking at tribalism, which is just a replacement of family, I, I think it's spot on. I do too, George. You know, any flourishing society needs three things. It needs a solid nuclear family structure. It needs volunteer organizations. And it needs a thriving church. Mm-hmm. And for most of America's history and founding, we had all three. But the first 
one to attack and the first to go is always the nuclear family. Once you've attacked that, then you can go after the other two supports, the church and volunteer um, organizations. Well, uh, Marion writes, of course, about this third woke dogma, and it's this, that power rules over authority. By authority, she means true authority, a metaphysical authority based Mm -hmm. on Judeo-Christian values. And, And we... We've seen examples of this time and time again over the last couple of years, particularly in the the riots that happened in uh, 2020 and 2021. She writes, sweeping through present-day America is the fire and rage of a long-simmering cultural revolution that has boiled over into months of violence and protest in the streets. Bystanders and restaurant patrons are accosted by angry mobs demanding they raise a fist in the air of support for Black Lives Matter. Uh, Crowds descending on residential neighborhoods in the middle of the night with bullhorns chanting profanity-laced screeds for residents to literally and figuratively wake up. Others chant, death to America. Protesters threaten the lives of Supreme Court justices and their families because of decisions that they don't happen to like. In wokeism, the mob always rules. She writes, woke ideology encourages the behavior of the mob, but takes the posture of a scapegoat. In order to accept the serpent's promise that he shall be as gods, they have to claim victimhood as well as their own. But it's always a victimhood not for the sake of unity, but for the sake of division. Yep. That that's the way it works. And in their failure to make themselves innocent because they're not, they have two strategies to deflect from their personal guilt. The first strategy is m- by maintaining the status of the victim, right? This this again this grievance culture in order to emphasize the guilt of the other the other whoever the other is. As as Marion writes, their adver- adversaries are privileged and blameworthy. But they themselves are pitiable and blameless. Mm-hmm. And don't we see that at, oh, yeah. at work? The second strategy, Marion writes, is to deflect from their guilt by attacking innocence directly as it stands as an existential judgment on us all. Innocence is not possible if persons are defined by evil. And for the woke, it's imperative to disabuse people of the illusion of innocence. She writes, we see this second strategy in an effort to sexualize children at younger and younger ages and in the corruption and hypersexualization of women, all in the name of liberation. Innocence in the world of critical theory is dominance. We see this most clearly in children. Their innocence is a threat to woke ideology. And, and Mark, I want to really point this out to parents here because what you just read is actually you're going to start hearing about this more and more you're going to start to hear this whole concept of childhood innocence because of how parents are fighting back against pornographic books in public libraries all of that stuff the left is um framing their position and stance on this and more and more what you're going to hear in the media is that childhood innocence is something that is evil and oppressive to children and that this is just again another one of those white male patriarchal you know western civilization developed concept you're going to 
parents, you're going to start to see this more and more and more. Be on the lookout for attacks on childhood innocence. Have your ears attuned to this. Uh, Marion writes uh, about the false promise of wokeism. Quote, in a most perverse way, woke theory promises its disciples power by actually stripping them of it. This is done in two ways. First, by denying them a path of moral agency, because there is no higher authority than themselves, prompting them to be slaves of their carnal desires. And second, by defining them around an axis of oppression, making the oppressors irredeemable and the oppressed powerless against the systemic forces aligned against them. There's this grievance culture again. Mm-hmm. Well, George, we're, we're kind of running out of time here. Uh, we've got a lot more to talk about on, on this topic. But, you know, this reminded me um, of uh, a segment in a famous book by uh, Dostoevsky called The Brothers Karamazov. <clears throat> and in this book, there are three brothers. And the book is a staggering insight into the human condition. It asks all the important questions. And in, in one of the chapters, there's an episode where the middle brother, Ivan, is actually visited by Satan himself. It's kind of an allegory. And he, Satan is presented as a very urbane sort of French, uh, a very, very clever person. But one thing that, that he lacks is gratitude. He, he, it's impossible for Satan to feel any kind of gratitude at all. And George, we see that feature in wokeism, that there is no gratitude. And if there isn't, no remedy is ever going to work. It's a complete culture of grievance where we're pitting citizens against citizens. And the end of this cannot be good. If we allow this to continue going forward, um, our country is in, in real, real trouble. I completely agree, Mark. Um, you know, if, if you are more oppressed than me, then, you know, you have more authority, more power, um, th- than I do. And so parents, um, please, 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 uh, we have to start educating ourselves around the, the ideology, understanding its concepts, its dogmas. Uh, Mark and I just presented three, but there's many more. Um, but we have to understand all of this stuff. And so if you want to know more on how to equip yourself, please go to our website at protectourkidsnow.org. Uh, on there, you will find videos, uh, our conferences. You will find brochures that you could download. Uh, in fact, one of the latest uh, uh, pamphlets that we developed is on uh, alternative schooling, um, how to homeschool, how to start a private school, uh, and other hybrid forms of education. Um, we also have these podcasts on our website, uh, also on mm-hmm. iTunes and Spotify. Um, and there's also other buttons you can hit there on our front page, which one of them is invite a speaker. Uh, Mark and I would be more than happy to come to any parent group. Uh, to a church, to a community center, uh, to speak on these topics, as well as there is a donate button. We are a 501c3, uh, and we uh, function on the support of our listeners and donors. And uh, 
if, if you want to know more about what we talked about today, we do encourage you to pick up Noel Marion's book, Awake Not Woke. You can find it on Amazon. It's not a particularly long read, but it is jam-packed full of good information. We're also going to post the book on our website, so you will have access there as well. So thank you for listening, and uh, we will look forward to being with you next week. You've been listening to Say What, the radio ministry of Protect Our Kids, where they seek to inform and equip concerned citizens about the crisis in American public education and the forces working against our children. Join us at this same time every Saturday as attorney Mark Schneider and Pastor George Rosca Jr. unpack the issues so that we can better safeguard our nation's children. For more information about this program or Protect Our Kids, email the show at info at protectourkidsnow.org. That's info at protectourkidsnow.org. And join Mark and George right here next week at this same time for another episode of Say What? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.